the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. I just—I don't think we can fill the show today. Yeah, there's just nothing going on. You know, that's the problem. I mean, you got all this stuff that's just at a stalemate. What's going on? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't have anything to talk about. Uh, BYU filled up all their uh, oh. basketball scholarships for oh, next year. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, we can, we can get 15 minutes out of that, I think. <laughs> uh, so BYU has filled up all the... No, uh, I, I, what this a, Trump Jr. thing is just unreal. We should start unreal. this. Unreal. By the way, we think this is bad. I mean, I, I'm so fascinated by this, and it moves so quickly. Like, I, this is bad for the country. Uh, I can't. I cannot believe. I was just talking to somebody off the air, and they're like, "What do you mean you can't believe that they would do this?" Well, I, you're, I guess I can believe it, but I'm so I'm surprised that they were so sloppy and incompetent to email. Should you have been though? Specific coordination. I mean, look how incompetent these people are. I know. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. You're right. Shouldn't uh, be. This is so. Let, let's get everybody up to speed. If you're just joining the program. Le- the- three days ago, there's an email. Hey, uh, there's a story that comes out. Hey, it looks like uh, Trump may have met with uh, somebody. And Trump responds, well, that was mostly about adoption. Yes, it happened. First, he denied it. First, then he, he said, said he didn't, it didn't happen. Right. Then when it was proven it did happen, he, he said, okay, yeah, yeah now, was, now I remember. That's right. It was a, I met with somebody a, on, on adoption. Primarily about adoption. Now, everyone's treating the next transition as a flip-flop, which I don't think it is because he said it was primarily about adoption. Then he said the next day, we came in, they asked, they were supposed to give us Hillary Clinton information, dirt on Hillary, um, but they didn't really have anything, and they just turned it to adoption, which was obviously the reason they came. They just wanted to freaking talk about adoption. So it was primarily about adoption from his telling, at least. We were not in the meeting, we don't know. Um, we do know that, uh, that this came out, and the initial response from many Trump defenders was, this is typical New York Times, it's not true. Donald Trump has confirmed every single part of the story. So that, that is, it's hard to say this one's fake news. You can say it doesn't matter, but you can't really say it's fake news. So now Donald Trump, so the, the next story comes out the next day, which is today, that says, hey, Donald Trump Jr. and uh, a Russian attorney who they knew was a government attorney emailed, and it said it's a Russian government attorney, and Donald Jr. said, uh, yeah, let's meet, I, I want to get this dirt. Now, when I heard that, I thought to myself, there's a lot in there that could change. Maybe the email doesn't exist. Maybe the email does exist, but doesn't say exactly what they're saying. 
The Times basically said, we don't have the email. We're hearing from three different sources. So I think you could fairly question whether the New York Times had this email or whether it was true. Uh, today, Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. just ahead of uh, the New York Times releasing it in a story decided to release it himself. Obviously, a smart idea to get out ahead of the story as much as you can. Um, so he, let me give you the uh, the email chain here. Um, the New York Times now has a story out about it, which they were, I, I think, trying to get comment from him about. Uh, June third, two thousand sixteen, <clears throat> email sent to Donald Trump Jr. could hardly have been more explicit. One of his father's former Russian business partners had been contacted by a senior Russian government official and was offering to provide the Trump campaign with dirt on Hillary Clinton. The documents would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father, read the email, written by a trusted intermediary who added, this is obviously very high level and sensitive information, but it is part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. Uh, Which is bizarre. Weird. Yeah. Why do they want Trump in office? Well, I mean, we kind of know. Right? I mean, yeah, I know he's defended him every step of the way. Uh, but again, this is kind of before that. I mean, it, he had been somewhat. It is before that. Help, it was before any of the, do, the documents do, came out. It was before any of that stuff. Yeah. It's hard to. I mean, there's been, you know, with Trump, every day is a year, I feel like. So it's, there's so much stuff that happens. You know, I mean, three days ago, I, I was largely fully convinced there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia three days ago. Yeah, me too. I was mostly, I would say I was, I was fully convinced that there would never be something obvious that they had done it. And if I thought they it did was, do it, it would be a lot more I, I was really getting tired of the left. Yeah. Uh, bringing it up, too. The collusion between this administration and the Russians. I thought, come on, everybody knows. There's not one shred of evidence that that happened. Yeah. It didn't happen. Stop it. I mean, think about this. Just a and couple, what was it last week? James O'Keefe was coming out and pushing videos of CNN employees saying, oh, you know, Van it's Jones, a it's burger. a nothing burger. And, burger. and you know, another mm -hmm. guy saying, no, oh, there's no evidence yet. I mean, the, now they ha uh, now, now Donald Trump, Trump Jr. has tweeted from his official account the actual email they're talking about. And you're saying what? That means something? I don't know. I don't know. Pat. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 collusion friendly, maybe. That is what the yeah I heard that uh, collusion curious is what I heard this morning, which is not a funny term. Um, like you could argue here that they didn't wind up. Uh, getting information and using it against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You can argue that you still. Could. However, he obviously wanted information from the Russian government to use against Hillary Clinton. And they Clinton. wanted to give it to him. Uh, confirmed. That, that part is confirmed today. Mm -hmm. In the future, if the future president's elder son was surprised or disturbed by the provenance of a promised material or the notion that it was part of an ongoing effort by the Russian government to aid his father's campaign, he gave no indication. He replied within minutes, if it's, if it's what you say, I love it, especially later in the summer. Now, that's going to be more a part of the collusion part here is helping to, you know, basically saying, hey, release it around this time, if you would. Um, funny, <laughs> they released it later in the summer. <laughs> and what was it? Mm -hmm. What was the big information they had? I guess uh, the Podesta emails and the DNC emails. Okay, which was nothing. You know, I mean, really I thought, nothing. I thought it was nothing. And by the way, this is another important point, and I'm sure you'll be hearing it from the Kellyanne Conways of the world in the coming days. I still don't think any of this actually made a difference. I think Trump mm -hmm. just won. But again, Watergate made no difference to Nixon. He won by like 70 zillion votes. Yeah. He did not need Watergate at all. One of the um, biggest blowouts in American history. Yeah. And the, for, I, I have no idea why those buffoons went into the Watergate Hotel. So stupid. To, to spy on... 
Uh, George McGovern, who had no, no chance. chance of winning. No chance. None. <laughs> so, so weird. But again, and this is a different here, where it was really stupid, but uh, Nixon was very paranoid, right? Like, he was a very paranoid guy and was always worried about it. And I don't think he knew about it initially, um, but knew about the cover-out up and, and covered it up. And that might be the case here, too. I don't know. Um, the, it's a different story, though, for, for Trump. Think about Donald Trump Jr. It's his dad. His dad's got a chance to be president of the United States. So uh, you're going to do anything you can to help your dad in that situation, number one. Number two, they were desperate. They were getting crushed in all the polls. They did not, no one believed they were going to win, including, by the way, Barack Obama, who could have outed a lot of this stuff a lot earlier, but was so convinced Hillary was going to win, didn't think he needed to, which is a huge, you know, a lot of the, oh, this is so bad for the country crap that comes from Democrats, you have to view under that prism. They could have made this into a big deal at the time, chose not to because they thought their person was going to win. So taking them seriously on this front, I don't blame you for not taking them seriously. I don't take them seriously. They're, uh, they, them being upset about Russia, I mean, we're the ones that are supposed to care about Russia, not them. It's the right that's supposed to care about Russia being bad. The left loves them and their policies. So it's really bonkers what this has turned into. Um, Donald Trump Jr. eventually agreed about the meeting, saying he would bring along Paul Manafort and my brother-in-law, Jared Kushner, of course, uh, one of the president's closest White House advisors. Now, um, what the reporting is on the actual meeting, all three of them went in there. Kushner left almost immediately. Uh, Manafort did not say anything in the meeting. Now, those two are going to be a lot more careful. Manafort, in particular, who is a guy who's been... he's. He, he used to own a consulting firm with Roger Stone. The man knows his way around Washington circles and is smart enough to sit back and not try to, uh, try to indicate any sort of agreement in a situation like this. Donald Trump Jr. is the guy's kid. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure, I, I don't know. I mean, you can understand trying to do this to help your father. Um, Email exchanges were reviewed by the Times, offer a detailed unspooling of how the meeting with the Kremlin connected a Russian lawyer um, and how, uh, how it came about and how Donald Trump Jr. was to accept what he explicitly told the Russian, uh, what he was explicitly told was the Russian government's help. I got to say, when I saw the story, I, I, you know, we could also yell at New York Times for fake news. A, they nailed the story completely. It's exactly exactly what they said it was. B, uh, they, um, uh, in an odd way, slow played this. When the first thing came out, I thought, well, they, if they had something really good, they would have just put it in here. They, I think they may have slow played this, waiting for people to come out and say, oh, it's fake news, oh, it's not true, and then like slowly or leaking these Baited details, them. which is questionable from a media source whether you should do that. I don't know. I mean, I, mm. that seems like more of an activist tactic than a media tactic. That being said, though, that's minor Still. criticism. They got the story right. Yeah. They got the story right. They got the email. They were right about what it said. It explicitly said it was a Russian government attorney. It explicitly said it came from a Russian government source. It explicitly said it was a Russian government um, plan to help Donald Trump's presidency and to uh, incriminate Hillary Clinton. It is every single thing the New York Times said it was. Um, and it was released from Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there's, got, there's something to be said for that. And, I, you know, I think this is obviously bad for the country. I think Donald Trump's a bad president. I don't think that he is, uh, is good for the country himself. Uh, I think Mike Pence would be much better. Um, all of that being said... Uh, I'm not happy about this because, again, it ruins the office. It hurts the office. I think at this point, you can stop this at Donald Trump Jr. 
At this point, what this is is a Donald Trump Jr. problem. But man, we're getting closer and closer, aren't we? I wonder we're if he now knows two anybody. letters away. Does do you think Donald Trump Jr. knows anybody who could possibly help him out of this sticky situation uh, with like a, a pardon? Pardon, hmm. if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, That's is coming. there any doubt in your mind that he'd be pardoned? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll he, bet he would. Uh, I, I bet was, he would. There is no chance he'd ever get in trouble. For no this. chance. No chance. Um, <laughs> but it it could help hurt them politically However, enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, it hurt Ford politically I mean, enough to pardon Nixon, right? I mean, it, it, pardons. You know, Frank Murkowski, the, uh, who is the third most uh, least popular governor in measured polling history, um, still ahead, by the way, of Chris Christie, who held on to his 15 percent approval yes, rating somehow after the beach thing. Um, he was at 14 percent. The reason he was at 14 percent is because he named his daughter to a Senate seat. People don't like when you do things like that. Now, with Trump, they, he seems to get away with everything. And maybe here he will again. Um, but I mean, if you pardon your son for crimes like this, if it if wine turns out to be a crime, um, and there's a lot of investigation. We got to see what Mueller, the Mueller um, investigation, I think, finds because we will add perspective here. This is not—it's not done. But this is way more than I ever thought they'd get on these guys. I, I, ca- mm-hmm. I can't believe we're reading an email in which a Russian source tells the son of Donald Trump that, "Hey, I've got information from the Russian government with a Russian government attorney." With the head, the attorney general, if you will, of Russia as part of a Russian government plan to help your dad incriminate Hillary Clinton. I never thought we'd get that. No way. No way. I never thought we would see that. And yet, they will excuse every part of it. Everybody that is a Trump supporter will tell you, oh, "Oh, come on, this is nothing. I can't wait to see what Sean Hannity has to say about this. Well, you're going to hear that not only what you're going to hear about Hannity, which is, uh, you know, I mean, you know, look, I. I, How do you explain that away? I, well, you know, there's nothing it, here, will, folks. It's a nothing burger. You will hear it on Sean Hannity's uh, show you tonight, will. and I assure you of that. Not because of Sean, even, but because he's going to have Donald Trump Jr. on. Is he? He's going to have yeah. Donald oh Trump Jr. Gosh. on to explain it. Now, you know, look, he's there. Obviously, he's friendly to the administration. Whether he pushes him on it is a you know, oh, he's not going to push him at all. At least you'll hear his, his answers. Yes, you'll at least hear yes. uh, his excuse for this. And look, they, I, you got to hear their side a little it bit was better. A, it mean, was a nothing meeting. We didn't. Nothing happened in it. We got no information. We didn't collude. And, I and I forgot about the meeting, which is why I said I didn't meet with him. You can. You know what? You, Pat, you already know what's going to happen. You can get me there up until. Even they win. You can get me there because mm-hmm. e- I can even understand a week before the election. You're not being like, crap, I got to tell him about this meeting. I get it. When you're elected and there's an ongoing yeah. FBI investigation, I still I can't I can't understand it. I can't understand it. There, up until, when you're applying for top secret uh, clearance. Now, Donald Trump Jr. doesn't have it. Kushner does. Uh, and, and he was at the meeting. And he was at the meeting. For seven minutes. But Manafort, uh, both Manafort and Trump Jr. don't have it. Um, so Kushner is the one who needed to be disclosing that um, more, you know, outwardly, I would say. But, I mean, this is, I, you ha- almost have to believe that he, Donald Trump Jr. didn't tell Kushner or his dad about this. Because no Glenn's reaction at the end of that has got to be real. Dude, you hanging me out to dry here. Mm-hmm. How can you have this email in your email box? How could you have had this meeting and not let me know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think don't know. he did let him. I think he knew. And when it comes out that least, he knew, yeah. and, and I believe it will, they will seriously go after impe- impeachment and they'll have a good case. They'll have a good case. 
Uh, it's it's going to be a tough road. Now to my hold. son made a mistake. He was working. It on doesn't the matter. Yeah. The Democrats aren't going to go with that. I, I, I but I, I, I can, you can get me there, Jeffy, for a while on that because I mean, look, yep. it, it, he wasn't. You know what? You get someone who emails you who's a friend. Again, we keep saying Russian government source. It's a guy he knows. Right, the guy he right. knows emails him and says, "Look, hey, I got some information that could help. You want you want it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, so I kind of get that, and I can understand getting there. But how you do not disclose it? How do you not let people? How do you not let you know? I mean, how do you not let the administration know? How do you not let the? Uh, how do you not let Trump know? How do you not let Kushner know? How do you not let even Manafort at that time, who's not no longer there, know? And and you know, the rumor is." That Manafort is a guy who is uh, potentially uh, now cooperating. Um, Flynn and Manafort are reportedly oh, really? cooperating wow. with the government, and maybe the that's Trumps? how they got this. Wow. Not not against them, but look, no, get just, me out of this. I'm not, yeah. I, I don't want to be part of it. And look, Manafort is nothing if a survivalist. Ooh, you know, right. he got fired by these people. It's going to get really interesting. It could, and again, it really the, the, this is not going to be it, right? This isn't uh, the only piece of information. Manafort they goes have. back to goes back to the Soviet Union anyway. He goes back. Hangs out at a house in Moscow and lives good life. I mean, sh- I, I, I yeah, look. I, I understand you're going to hear the rest of the day from everybody on the right about this how this is, is a nothing. big I fat it. nothing burger. And, you know, There's it, nothing here. Nothing happened. It's no big you know, deal. If you, and you want, if you want that, all you're right. going to be able to find it all over the dial. Yeah, all yeah. day. And I, I'm, I understand that you want it. I, I, and a lot of people do. A lot of people want to hear something that would exonerate this and I, I, exonerate them from this. And I think there are paths, right? I think you can still say what Jeffy said. Yes. Look, it's, he's a guy. It's his dad. It's a friend. He shouldn't have taken the meeting, but he did. He should have disclosed it, but he did. But what you're more likely going to hear is this is nothing. And I think uh, that's a really questionable one. I wish you'd come to me and told me because then I could have told you. That he had this meeting yeah, and like, nothing came of it. But this is what happened with Nixon, Pat. It, 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 and it, it's not the exact same case yet, but it's, it's getting there. There was a, t- was a time where Nixon was insulated. Mm-hmm. He actually didn't know. But he kept allowing this stuff to go. This does not help the Trump administration. It does not help his agenda. Get it out. Start telling the truth. Stop denying this crap. Get it out and get it over with unless you're personally involved because you're killing this administration. Any hope they had to move this stuff forward is destroyed by things like this. This is ridiculous. It's the Glenn Beck admission theory, right? I'm going to tell everybody what I've done and then you can't hurt me with it later. And that's what he did. You're he told never he, that from uh, Trump, Glenn talked about what a dirtbag he was, how he treated people, the drugs, the alcohol, blah, blah, blah. But then somebody writes his big tell-all book. I got a tell-all book on oh, yeah. Glenn Beck, who's now a big star. And it, it, other like a, than it, lying about certain events right, that yeah. did not happen, there was nothing in it that Glenn didn't already say. It was actually less, it was more tame than what Glenn had said in the air. <laughs> yeah, it honestly, really was. To be honest, Except for the lie about, about him being arrested in Baltimore on DUI charges in his DeLorean. That never happened. And the... Uh, he, the, the he and showing called, up for, for work drunk never happened. He called uh, his friend and said that, uh, made fun of his wife's uh, mis- Oh, yeah, yeah, in Phoenix. One that did, did not happen. happen. But, that, but still... Did not happen. The point being, yeah, but anyway, print what I told him. there's other stuff I remember him saying on the air back in the day that were, ne- were not in those books. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, they couldn't even get that one, huh? I heard that one on, on, that, on uh, lo- at least local radio on the yeah. number one station in town. Yeah. Um, w- what's interesting, though, is it's not just it's, it's, if you're part of the Glenn Beck book club that we all are 
uh, we're in a, a book-related prison right now. We're up to 37 books now. We can't move uh, because like we're us to read 37 books but in two weeks. Mistakes Were Made and Not By Me is one of the yeah. books that he recommended, which you know is a really interesting talk, talk about, hey, uh, when you make a mistake, admit it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, don't say, you know, people what, are more uh, likely look, to forgive you. There for were it. things that happened. Mistakes were made, but it was by my son or it was by, you know, some official. I mean, now they're up to seven people from that are tied to the administration that have had contacts with Russians. Seven. This one is by far the worst. I mean, you know, I think the I think honestly hidden in the Manafort stuff, you're going to find some really, really bad things as well. Mm-hmm. The Man- Manafort's the one part I thought they were really um in trouble on, but he fired Manafort, right? Like Manafort was a guy who was shady in the beginning. He was tied to Roger Stone. He was Roger Stone's guy after they got rid of Lewandowski because Stone and Lewandowski hate each other. Uh, They got rid of him. They brought uh, Manafort back in, this longtime veteran of very shady, questionable circles. He's always been shady for years and years and years and years and years. And so they bring him in and he'd already had dealings in Ukraine and Russia and he was already tied into that. I would not have been as shocked at all if you found something with Manafort, but they had plausible deniability there. Look, we, ha- we had the guy there, we fired him, and we brought in other people. This is mm-hmm. his son. This is his son. Mm-hmm. This is as clear as it, it's got his entire name except for Junior. It's not a good look. And, you know, the fact that they were not telling people about this is a real, it's, it's just Stupid. Well, look, it's, it's a not, stupid way of handling it. It's not it. that we weren't not telling people about it. We just forgot about it. We, and we, they're going to say, you're going to hear a lot of, I don't recall, coming up in, in, you know, in future I realized months. That was an email account that I thought we closed. I didn't even realize those. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Those emails still exist. I need to provide those. And he did release a, uh, <laughs> uh, I know, he did release a statement. Um, did, we tell, did we actually mention, I know we read some of it on, on radio, uh, but it's probably worth uh, mentioning. Yeah, we'll let you find that and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll it in just a second yeah. here. Hey, Pat and Stu. And, uh, uh, you know, that. <laughs> what is that, anyway? Uh, I don't know. Nobody knows. It's just a pile of stuff that just lands there every day. What are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking pile at? A pile of stuff. <laughs> that is the <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said about you. It's just what? a pile of stuff. That's almost what are you looking sound, at? It almost makes you sound innocuous, Jeffy. What are you looking at? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry okay. about it. Here's a statement from uh, Donald Trump Jr. All right. um, to explain his emails. He says, uh, to everyone, in order to be... Fully transparent. Oh, fully transparent. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah I mean, Here we go. It is pretty laughable. Here we go. I'm full transparency. <laughs> no, I've never met with any foreign agents. Uh-uh. Nope. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, adoption thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, no, I mean the, the Hillary Clinton uh, dirt thing and then it turned into adoption. And, yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I forgot about that. Oh, okay. it was a Russian government attorney. And it's, <laughs> it, was, it came directly from the attorney general of Russia, essentially. Um, okay, so, uh, yes, this is a very Obama-esque use of the word transparency, I will say. Uh-huh. Uh, to everyone, in, in order to be fully transparent, I am releasing the entire email chain of my emails with Rob uh, Goldstone about the meeting on June 9th, 2016. The first email on June 3rd, 2016, was from Rob, who was relating a request from Emin, 
a person I knew from the 2013 Miss pa uh, Universe pageant near Moscow. Now, quickly on Emin, um, he is a Russian pop star, as Glenn Kine was talking about this morning. His dad is a big oligarch. He is a Russian pop star. Um, and uh, the relationship with, with Trump was, was close enough that Trump actually appeared in one of his videos. Mm. Um, the New York Times actually has the video mm. on, in the story. It's, you know, typical Trump acting like The Apprentice saying, hey, Emin, you're fired. It's like a little bit after the, after the music video. Uh, and the song is fantastic, by the way. I almost want to exonerate him just because the song is so good. Is it in Russian or is it in English? It is in English. Russian. Actually, I didn't listen to it. It's just a lot of techno music. Uh, so, uh -huh. uh, The information... Uh, That's so my he, favorite kind of music. Love the techno. You're big on uh, EDM, the whole movement? Huge. Um, the first email on June 3rd, uh, 3rd, 2016 was relating from Emin, a person I knew from the 2013 Miss uh, pageant, uh, Universe pageant near Moscow. Emin and his father have a, are a very highly respected company in Moscow. The information they suggested they had about Hillary Clinton, I thought, was political opposition research. I, w uh, I first wanted to just have a phone call. but Political when opposition research from the Russians? Uh, that's the problem with it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, right like, there. Could, can, you, can you say that? I don't know. Like, yeah, I, you can't get away I with I political opposition yeah, when I, it's I the Russians giving it to you. Can, can you, though, say, look, Donald Trump Jr., it, it, you know, it was before the Russians... Scandal had really started, um, and you know Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, got in but these you circles. don't. I mean, he's he runs talking about transparency here, and he's lying about the motivation. I mean, of course, I, that's it's not the opposition research. That's a foreign government, an enemy agent, but is providing it, you with information do you give on him, the former Secretary of State. Do you give him a possible break in that maybe he thinks? If this is he doesn't he's not in this game. This is his first time doing it, and he doesn't think it's that oh, that abnormal. Always the excuse, isn't it? They're not politicians. They are. That's what we like about them. We like that about them. They're not politicians. I'm sorry, you can't excuse everything because they're not politicians. I mean, I know better than this. I'm not a politician. Yeah. You can't get away with that all the time. The Trumps plead ignorance on everything, and it's a good thing somehow. I, I, it just drives but, well, me out of my mind. But again, mind. This, this is coming through his friend, right? A guy he knows. Yep. Uh, so I, maybe he trusts his friend. Uh, perhaps maybe that's the spin that you'll yeah. hear on Hannity tonight. We'll see. Yeah. I, I just wanted to have a phone call that didn't work out. They said the woman would be in New York. The woman. The woman. I mean, it's a little bit of a, uh, a low sell there to call her mm -hmm. a woman. Yes, she is a woman. That is true. However, she's also a Russian government attorney, and that's exactly what it says in the email. The woman, uh, as she said, then this is funny. I first wanted to just have a phone call, but it didn't work out. They said the woman would be in New York, asked if I would meet. I decided to take the meeting. The woman, as she has said publicly, was not a government official. Now, she may have said that publicly now. However... In the intro to the email, she was presented as a government official. So you, you mm -hmm. don't get the point. Like, who cares if she says she's a government now? You thought she was at the time. Mm -hmm. Again, this points. This goes to the uh, she, he was collusion curious. I mean, even if he didn't collude, he definitely wanted to. Yeah. Um, I decided to take the meeting. The woman, as she said publicly, was not a government official. And as we have said, she had no information to provide and wanted to talk about adoption uh, policy and the, what is it, McGinsky Act? McGinsky Act? To put this in contact, uh, this occurred before the Russian fever was in vogue. And in vogue, I N vogue, which is not in, how it is in vogue. That's not. No. No. Uh, as Rob Goldstone just said today in the press, the entire meeting was the most inane nonsense I ever heard. 
I was actually agitated by it. Well, of course your friend is backing you on it. That makes no difference. I mean, this is a pretty bad statement. First of all, he doesn't really acknowledge that she said that she was from the... He actually tries to make it seem like she wasn't from the government, which the email says she was a Russian government official. And more importantly, even if she wasn't, the information came from the like attorney general of Russia. So, like, I, it, it, it's hard to understand. The other part I would put on here is um, uh, uh, how does this stuff go out like this? In vogue, how does that go out not spelled right? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand I don't know. it. I don't understand how this stuff know. happens. I don't know. I, how, It'll get underlined even in email, right? Well, in right? is a word. It's just not the right No, word. but if you put the in phrase in vogue, it's going to be test underlined that out. Test that because out. it's incorrect English. So whenever you have a phrase, at least on, on my spell yeah. check, yeah, it, has, it, it corrects could, bad English, too, oftentimes. Or it lets you know uh, or with it the you line know underneath it that, hey, is this right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, is it, is it possible it's been used so much it's now acceptable? Yes. Sometimes that happens. I don't know. I've never seen. I, I don't see it uh, used that way, in vogue, when it's en vogue. E-N, right? Yeah, that's, yes. I mean, that's how you would. That's how you. I mean, it looks like uh, kind of... Uh, some people are giving us give him a break here. Um, just reading some of the comments. Uh, perfectly acceptable. To, oh yeah, there, okay. Uh, it's perfectly acceptable in English to refer to something as in vogue, meaning the current fashion or style. Yet to evoke a sense of French chic, many writers and it actually make, didn't underline it in my email. No, so, it didn't mind so. so there you go. Give him a break on that. Yeah. Uh, although it's still, you'd think as a guy, you know, you'd. Well, it's, they're supposed to be Whatever. so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, but I guess Come if it's on. acceptable, you can get a, give them a break on it. All right, more patents too coming up in a sec. No, we've had their brilliance rammed down our throats for yeah, a long time. Here's the thing: the best words. They're not. <laughs> How they're not. <laughs> Triple eight seven two seven back patents too. Uh, Chris Christie, who had a little uh, incident on the beach Fourth uh, of July weekend, uh, they had. I guess the state is doing so badly that they had to close all the beaches because um, they couldn't afford to keep them open. So they closed all of the government-run beaches, all of the public yeah, all the beaches, state-run the state-run beaches. beaches were closed. But Christie and his family were the only people out there on the beach because he has. This, uh, they have a governor's mansion on the beach that he has access to. And since they were already there, they thought they'd just use the beach, even though nobody else could. And his response to people who took uh, offense to that was, hey, rent for governor, maybe you could do it too. Uh, well, anyway, yesterday he uh, showed up on, on talk radio on the fan, uh, Mike Francesa's show. And I, somebody was filling in for Francesa, right? No, he was. So oh, he the, was? The, we've talked about Because somebody else bit. is on it too. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, I don't know. who. Uh, it seemed like, I'm sorry, go ahead, because it sounded almost like an interview of him. I didn't realize that he was his Yeah, so the, this is the thing, the thing of Chris, everyone knows Chris Christie's political career is, is dirt. He's got Even a 15% mm-hmm. approval rating. He's known it, and it's the reason why he jumped on the Trump campaign very early in the primary, um, because he knew his, he, he knew he had no future. So he decided to take a chance, hopefully Trump wins. Uh, which he did, 
Um, he garnered all this loyalty, and it got him nothing. So now he's got a 15% approval rating in his state, which, by the way, they took a poll after the beach thing, and he did not fall lower than Murkowski. So he's amazing. still the fourth least wow. popular governor in U.S. history. Um, but he got to he's at 15%, and he uh, is now looking for his next career. Um, conveniently, he's a big sports fan. He's well-known, obviously, in New Jersey, New York, um, in that area. Um, and WFAN in New York, which is the first sports radio station that was ever uh, on the air, um, is you know a legendary radio station. And Mike Francesa, the legendary host, has decided to retire. His contract's up at the end of the year. So it's going to be a, a hole there in the afternoon. So what do you do in that hole? I mean, you can put on another good sports host, probably, but you're going to try to make a splash. You're going to try to make... People yeah. notice that you're losing your biggest talent. Um, and so, so you get the governor of New Jersey, to, the so, former governor, to come in and do afternoon drive. What they believe die. is he may very well mm -hmm. take the job and become a sports radio host after this. Um, and, you know, obviously, he's a good communicator. He's good at arguing. He follows sports. He likes sports. And he's well-known. He's been on, the sh on those shows on WFAN a lot and, he, you know, generally has been received well by the audience. So what they're doing here is essentially giving him a tryout. I mean, this took, this took some giblets to show up after that. After that fiasco last weekend at the beach and then to go on the air and just have people call in uh here's what happened mike and montclair what's up mike governor next time you want to sit on a beach that is closed to the entire world except you yeah you put yeah. your fat in a car and go to <laughs> one that's open to all your constituents uh, well you know not just you interesting, and yours. interesting mike you know what that what's beach, that, that what's beach, that gov <laughs> You know, Mike, I love, I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in Montclair. You know, You're a bully, you Governor, are, no, and I don't what? like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air, swore on the air. Who swore? And so you did. I, 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 I get the heck out yeah, of here. You know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. <laughs> you you're, you're, you're a bum. So let's just Oh, bad optics. Mike, I'd love to come look at your optics every day. Day, buddy. Oh, that's you know what, and you know what, Mike. What matters is what you do. That's what matters. Now what have you done? <laughs> what I just did was stop polluting the airways with a guy like that. Now, <laughs> listen, these guys are going to come yeah. on and notice they're both from Montclair. Wow. You, you know what's so funny? Can I just say? Yeah. I told I you when to the you, calls came up, right? I said, to, I said to the governor, I said, man, you're popular in Montclair. We got a few guys up. And you're like, no, 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 Evan, I'm not popular in Montclair. No, there's no chance. <laughs> you know, in, in a state like in, in my state in 2013, when I won 19 out of 21 counties and got 61% of the vote, you know, I lost Montclair. So, you they know, don't like you there. No, no, no. And the, the, the editorial page editor of the largest newspaper lives in Montclair. I mean, this is a this is a town that. Let's just say to be charitable, leans left. Okay, but I so that was evident. The uh, I, yeah. I can't remember the, the guy's morning. last name, but yeah, the, uh, yeah he, I oh, think no, he's uh, on middays midday or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's yeah. actually pretty good. But, yeah, he is good. Uh, but um, and Michael Montclair, by the way, is a longtime caller of the fan. Like he's one of the, is he really? one of their legendary callers that calls really? you know, like sixty six times a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Um, so that's kind of interesting too. I mean, look. That was a terrible... You call him a communist and a bum. Yeah, uh, I mean, not, he did not handle that well. Terrible. I mean, he handled that really poorly. Every once in a while, it's, like to, it's, it's nice to see someone doing another job attempt to do yours. Yeah. And you realize how crappy yeah. they are at it. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you never want to be the guy that follows the, the legend. Mm -hmm. So if they move uh, our man Chris mm -hmm. Christie in, uh, it could, could not go well for Chris Christie. Right. It could be an easy... Governor. Yes, it probably will mm -hmm. not go well.
He'll probably have an approval rating similar to the one he has in New Jersey. That'd be a real shame. But he, I mean, that. And you're right. If that is any indication, he's not going to be good at that job. That's true. No, that, that, you're exactly right. You know, again, show one, but that's not a that's not a very good way of handling that. Not a good start. Not a good start at all. Hmm. Uh, but uh, somebody who had a terrible finish uh, and is is now uh, speaking out again is David Letterman, who <laughs> the last few years of his, man, more than few, last ten years of his <laughs> show were. Really bad, yeah. I, I thought. I mean, the guy became a bitter old man. And uh, now he's talking about uh, uh, Donald Trump and the fact that he needs to be put into a home. Have we, uh, do we have the picture of David Letterman um, and what he looks like now? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Somebody needs to be put into a home. Um, mm-hmm. I think it might be, him. might be him. I think it might be that guy right there. I mean, he looks... Are you trying to look like Moses now or like a, a homeless guy who's so a weird serial killer? What, what is that look for him? That is really bad. And where is he here? Do we know? That's not a show, right? I don't know. That's like an award show or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's where he, uh, what did he, where did he actually say this? He was in an interview with the Associated Press, so that was not this. Um, he says, I know there's co- trouble in this country, and we need a guy who could fix that trouble. I wish it was Trump, but it's not. So let's just stop whining about what a goonie is and figure out a way to take him aside and put him in a home. Um, <laughs> and nobody knows less about what's going on in the world than David Letterman. Oh, yeah. He no, freely true. and fully admitted it, and he was right every time he said it. He doesn't know anything about politics. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And yet he talks about it all the time, uh, especially now because he's a, he's a bitter old man. Um, you want to talk about uh, a, a, a cluster uh, on the size uh, of Chris Christie being on WFAN every day. Um, this happened on an interview, apparently promoting the new Funny or Die show entitled Boiling the Frog with Senator Al Franken. Oh, my gosh. Which made its debut Monday and will air weekly episodes. The goal is to fight back against science-based world issues like climate change. Wow, we've got some material, Marissa, uh, our producer. Wow. That's, that's going to uh, be good. That's going to be available. That's going to be good. Uh, the crappy Al Franken show with these stories trying to be a scientist is going to be quite entertaining. And we have a clip from the show with Franken mm. talking about the Koch brothers and their involvement on climate change with one David Letterman. Wow. It just seems to me that whoever uh, is the leader in fighting uh, climate change then becomes the leader of the world. So why uh, aren't the Republicans motivated by that? It's really uh, the Koch brothers. Is, is the Koch brothers. No, uh, who are Republicans. Tell us, describe for us who they are and what they represent. Okay. It's unbelievable. Siegfried and Roy Koch. <laughs> <laughs> are uh, these two brothers. Uh, who uh, have this huge fossil fuel empire, Mm -hmm. and they spend an enormous amount of money in politics, and my Republican colleagues are afraid of them. Yes. They fund, you know, Heritage Foundation and all these climate-denying, fake science outlets. The biggest thing was the combination of Citizens Mm. United which allows unlimited amount of dark money into the political system. So where in you know 2000, John McCain was talking about this problem, now they can't. Now no Republican dares to say that oh, climate change is real and we really have to what do something. What a liar. Such the Koch lies. brothers, what are they trying to achieve via this? They just want uh, to be able to be secure in their retirement. 
Uh, yeah, because right? they're not yeah. secure. Because they've, go, they've only got $30 billion to retire on. Dumbass. I think it's kind of power. I have my Republican colleagues on the Energy Committee, and they know that if they say climate change is real and we got to do something about it very urgently, the Koch brothers will spend tens of millions of dollars right away to get him a primary uh, uh, opponent. And, yeah. and in those red states, you're not going to get defeated by a Democrat. You're only going to be defeated by a Republican who's further to the right than you are. Yeah, the Koch brothers don't even deny climate change. <laughs> the freaking Koch brothers are probably more climate change friendly than Al Franken is. Uh, the Koch brothers are not even conservative. They just believe in a free market approach. Uh, good um, gosh. Yeah, and that's, that is unbelievable. Oh, um, uh, can't take it. That is one of the, that is one of the craziest justifications mm. Um, for so let's uh, let's track back here what he um, what he actually uh, uh, was trying to get to you here with the with the, this is a fascinating so the coat because there was Citizens United okay Citizens United allowed all the money to flow into politics because of I don't know something called freedom of speech now I would argue you know what it's actually not uh, Citizens United it's the Constitution of the United States of America right um, that's what freedom it was specifically designed to protect political speech how Rid- ridiculous but he is correct that before that John McCain was out there speaking about climate change and he wanted climate change and now because the Citizens United this is this is his case. Now they can't speak out of it because they're scared of the Koch brothers and all the money flowing in. Let me give you a quick little rundown uh, here um, uh, by, uh, uh, by uh, here are the no votes um, against the, the um, uh, McCain climate bill. Mm-hmm. That happened before. So again, his point is Republicans used to be friendly to this, but they're not anymore because of Citizens United. Here are the no votes. Republican, 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 Democrat, Max Baucus, Republican, Republican, Democrat. What's your face? Boxer. Barbara Boxer voted against that. Brownback, Republican. Bunning, Burns, Burr, uh, Chambliss, Republican. Coburn, Republican. Cochran, Republican. Coleman, Republican. Here are the, I'm going to go a little bit shorter here and give you the yes Republican votes on that bill. The yes. Okay. Mm, Scanning. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Chafee. Okay. Who became a Democrat yep. and ha- ran uh, a- a- as a Democrat in 2016 for president. Susan Collins, mm-hmm. who is the most liberal Republican in the Senate. Uh, Greg from New Hampshire, that's three. Luger from Indiana, four. McCain, five. So McCain voted yes. And Olympia Snow, who was probably even to the left of Collins at the time. That's six. You had six yes votes out of the entire Republican Senate. And he's trying to pitch that the Republicans used to favor this until Citizens United and now the Koch brothers. It is a blatant lie. 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 By the way, bipartisan opposition to this, it got 60 no votes. 60. All right, let's take a break. 888-727. Back more patents, too. God, these people are such liars. Oh, it drives me out of my mind. It's unbelievable. Out of my mind. There. There. 
are some down. stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. <laughs> Big news that uh, the possibility later this year that uh, O.J. Simpson be getting out of jail after serving nine years of his 33-year sentence, which I say, good. But the big news behind OJ is a couple of things. Uh, two big stories. It looks like he's gained uh, massive amounts of weight and may need a kidney transplant, which uh, they say, nah, OJ might not want one. He's 70 now. He just turned 70. And he's, uh, they're saying he gained 300 pounds. No but way. I, I, I think, Who's I, they? I think the article said he gained 300 pounds. I think what they meant was to say he's up that to he 300 pounds. Three, to okay. 350 oh, I can't. OJ Simpson but, is now 300 pounds? I mean, he's a pretty big guy, yeah. But, wow. the, but for him, wow. you know, he's been, while he's been in jail, uh, nobody's been getting any money from him. The Goldmans still say they, that he owes them a bunch of money. Uh, the courts have said that well, he, he owes, owes all people of the money. All 33 million, I think. But his uh, NFL retirement is just going in the bank. Yeah. So he's got. To, he's that. already got uh, almost uh, three million. I guess that's, that's a very strange rule. That if, if mm-hmm. you have a pension plan, they can't take out from yeah. a lawsuit. Like, why? Uh, that's just a deferred income. Is all it is. Why can't they take it? Because you've got to be able to live, Stu, if you're retired. But that's not. I mean, they would take, you know, your income. Yeah. They sure would. I don't uh, know. That's weird. Strange rule. All right. Back in a second. Stu, Triple Eight, Seven Two Seven, Beck, and of course the lovely and untalented—well, not lovely, but untalented. But untalented, you got yeah, that right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jeffy, uh, over there. Hey, Jeffy. Hey. Well, I mean, that didn't describe me at all. Uh, yeah, I think it. Well, you can use some other descriptors. Does he want more descriptors? Nailed it. I think we can come up with overweight. Some. That was the one I had. All right. Uh, uh, so welcome to the program. Uh, we, uh, there's an amazing story happening uh, in, uh, in North America. We live in a nutty world. We really do. I don't know if you've noticed I, this, but uh, it's completely upside down. It's actually impossible to believe some of these stories. It is. And yet they're true. I, 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 and the names haven't even been changed to protect the innocent. No. So there's not a lot of the, well, you know, there's certainly some people who are being treated as if they were innocent and are not in this mm-hmm. particular story. It happens in Canada. Brian Lilly is with us. Uh, Brian is a friend of the show. I've been on the program many times and uh, is trying to do something really cool around the story. And it, Brian, I, I think in, in America, they may have heard little bits and pieces of headlines on this story, but can you take us yeah. through it from the beginning? Well, it all centers around um, a disgusting little terrorist named Omar Khadr. Can it be that blunt? He's a disgusting little terrorist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in a family that was mobbed up with Osama bin Laden. He was born in Canada. He was born in Toronto to a family from uh, Egypt who had immigrated here. They decided, you know what, these Western values, we don't like them. They took them. They, they 
They raised them in Pakistan and Afghanistan. They'd come back to Canada for, you know, hospital visits and to get surgery and things like that. But they didn't want these icky Western values uh, corrupting their children. So they, you know, decided to literally live in Osama bin Laden's compound. The father was the financier for the 9-11 attacks. This guy ends up wow. growing up in this family, ends up at the age of 15 on a battlefield in July 2002, killing an American soldier. He's Sergeant First Class Christopher Spear, and Spear was a medic. Going in at the end of the uh, at the end of the the battle to look for the wounded, tend to the wounded, find the survivors. Omar Khadr throws a grenade and kills him. Ends up at Gitmo, and Canada's just giving him ten and a half million dollars for his trouble. Mm. The widow of Christopher Spear gets nothing. She and Sergeant Lane Morris, who was injured, lost an eye in this battle. They had a court ruling from Utah saying he owes them, Omar Khadr owes them $134 million. And Justin Trudeau's government worked hand in glove with Khadr's lawyers to make sure that they can't get that money. Now, incredible. how did, how is it possible that all right, so he was he was captured by Canadian troops, right? Turned over to the Americans. Yeah. Spent some time no, no, at Gitmo. He was captured by captured by American troops. He was captured by American he, troops fact, and spent yeah, time at was, Gitmo, was, right? Yeah, he was injured, and the only reason he's alive is American troops treated him in the battlefield, shipped him to Hamburg to the Shouldn't same have. hospital that tried to save uh, Sergeant Christopher Spear. He lived. Spear died, oh, and geez. then he was shipped to Gitmo. Okay, okay, so so how did he wind up getting ten and a half million dollars from the Canadian government? How, how does that happen? Have you seen our prime minister? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Great hair and, and yeah. great socks. Sexy. And, I would say sexy. But uh, we not, we not released of, him to Canada, right? Because I don't know why. Why did why did why did we release him but, from Gitmo and send him to Canada? So when he was released from Gitmo, he had uh, agreed to a plea deal to serve forty years in jail. Uh, or the sentence was going to be 40 years. If he agreed to the plea deal, it would be eight years. And after a year, he could be transferred up to Canada. Hillary Clinton uh, was Secretary of State back then when all of this was, was going on. Huh. She wanted rid of him. Obama wanted rid of him. He was not welcomed by most Canadians. The Harper government, the Conservatives were in power up here back then. They didn't want him back, but as a favor to Obama... You know, the negotiations went on. Finally, Harper said, all right, fine, we'll take him back. Not that that helped us get Keystone XL approved or anything like that, but mm -hmm. we took the terrorists back. He goes into jail. He had uh, taken the Canadian government to court several times. The Supreme Court found that his rights were violated, but they never said he had to be paid money. Cotter launches a lawsuit as soon his, as he gets His rights were violated when? At Gitmo? At Gitmo, because Canadian officials went down and interrogated him oh, after no. he'd been subject to the, um, what they call it, the frequent flyer program. It's uh, mm. sleep deprivation. Oh, so, no. Yeah. I, they I they deprived him of, of taking a nap, or he didn't get eight hours of sleep one night, and so he gets $10.5 million? He was not waterboarded. There were no jumper cables attached to sensitive parts. Mm. But they said his rights were violated. Now, that's all they said. The court never said you got to pay him. Mm -hmm. Cotter sues for $20 million, and instead of fighting it in court, the way every previous liberal and conservative government in this country would have, Justin Trudeau says, well, the right thing to do is settle. They do a, a negotiated mediation, and they agree to give him $10.5 million. By the way, poll just out last night, 71% of Canadians outraged by this, including the majority of... Uh, the majority of liberal voters, even people that voted for the Socialist Party, 
are outraged by this. Jeez. And they should be. I mean, that is have. unbelievable. Yeah, what's wrong with the other 29%? Yeah, part, that's my question, Jeff. <laughs> wow. The other part about this, too, is he's not getting $10.5 million in prison, right? I mean, this they've actually let him out. Yeah, he has been released. He was, uh, that that was another court order. We got great courts here. You know, they're activists, just like you guys have a lot of activist courts. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough of the hanging judges, but we have lots of the, you know, bleeding heart liberal Democrat mm. judges. Um, so all of this is going on. He is trying to make sure that he gets away with the money and the Spear family is getting nothing. So I launched a crowdfunding campaign to try and raise a million dollars for the Spear kids because... Spear left behind his his wife, Tabitha. Uh, mm. He also left behind two kids. Taryn was three when her father died. Mm. Tanner was just 11 months, and they've grown up without a father. So we're just shy of uh, of $100,000 right now. We're, we're just under ninety five, and we only launched a couple of days ago. So we're trying to get the word out, and so that's thanks great. so much for me on to talk about it. Uh, if we get the million, that's great. If not, I'm, they will be incredibly grateful for whatever we can raise. Because with so many people angry, I said, you know what, let's do something to turn that anger, that righteous indignation, into something positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How do, how do people contribute to this, Brian? So you go to the website spearkids.com. S-P-E-E-R, right? That's right, spearkids.com. And uh, you can donate all through Indiegogo, not keeping a penny Indiegogo has their small processing fee. You know, they have to process your credit card. They have to transfer the money, all of that. Outside of that, every single penny is going to the family to make sure they, okay, it's not going to replace their father. Maybe it'll help with college. Maybe it'll help them set up a business. Maybe it will just let them know that while the Canadian government is, uh, under Justin Trudeau at least, is trying to look after the rights of a terrorist, other people, normal people, care about them. This is one of the most outrageous stories I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I mean, it really is. A, a terrorist who, who has killed American soldiers and blinded and, another and should still, I mean, should be dead. They should have killed him on the battlefield. They should have left him there. But he, they nursed he him actually, back to health. Yeah, he called out for them to leave him alone. You talked to Lane Morris, who was there. He said he wanted to die as a martyr. And instead, hey, your soldiers patched him up and uh, and nursed him back to health. He spent a bunch of years at Gitmo, but he, you're right, Pat. He should be in jail still, and it's yeah. outrageous that he's not. And Pat, instead, so, he's a multimillionaire, and yeah. he says he wants to be a nurse now. So that that's oh, a real plus. I'd be really society, comfortable huh? with that. If you're <laughs> changing your bandages or giving you a sponge bath. I mean, seriously, oh, if this story, man. Brian, ended... Where you said, you know what, they they transferred him back to Canada, and he's gonna he's gonna be in prison for forty years. I would be outraged by that. The yeah. fact that they cu- yeah. they shut it down to eight years, and now he's out of prison is so over the top that I can't even imagine that it occurred. Then you had the ten and a half million on top of it. Dollars. Hey, I'm going to Gitmo. I'm going to turn myself in, and I'm going to ask them to be mean to me. We're and, already uh, sleep deprived. <laughs> I mean, a Canadian. That is <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, absolutely. Can you claim that you were from, uh, I don't know, Southern Alberta instead of Montana? <laughs> yes. Do, yes. Do that? I, I you could. You can fake the accent. I think so. <laughs> absolutely. What's that all about? As a, as a Canadian sports celebrity, I could obviously easily do it, but uh, there's got to be a path for you too, Pat. Um, wow. This is uh, incredible. And, and we should also point out here, 
Here's a story where, you know, a Canadian media organization, Brian in particular, is doing something to help, you know, really an American family. This is, uh, you know, yeah. while it's a, it's a Canadian story, certainly this is really, this would go to help an American family. It's, it's a really cool thing you're doing here, Brian, and I'm glad you're bringing it to everybody's attention. Well, th thanks for giving me the airtime. I keep saying on all the shows I go on, if everyone watching chipped in 20, 50 bucks, whatever you can right now, the fundraiser would be over real quick. I, yeah, it you would. know, it's incredible support so far. As I said, just shy of $100,000. But getting to that million, it could be done real quick. You don't have to uh, donate thousands of dollars. You, you know, if you can, great. You know, and I know mm -hmm. Jeffy's got the money. Oh, yeah. Uh, so oh. You can return, oh, the, yeah. return his bottles and, and, and give the, the, Everybody, the money to the, the spirit. <laughs> Everybody watching this show pitched in $20, $50. You'd have $20, $50. <laughs> All right, Brian Lilly, we appreciate you coming on and, of course, uh, telling everybody that Jeffy's awful. They <laughs> didn't say that. What is it, Spear Kids? One more time, SpearKids.com? SpearKids.com. Don't worry, Jeffy. I, I still love you. No, that's, oh, that's right. You've ruined see. it now. You yeah, probably could have got to the million, the whole, but now. Wrecked the whole thing. <laughs> Brian Lilly, thanks so much for coming on. Wow, uh, that's, that's amazing, man. I mean, outrageous. That sure is. We gotta do that outrageous. story on radio. We gotta do that I mean, story we've on heard radio. a lot of outrageous stories about terrorists who somehow fall through the cracks and whatever and, and sue the American government because they were yelled at at Gitmo. But this has to take the cake. Ten and a half million dollars? The man's going to be a millionaire nurse. Jeez, man. <laughs> On the loose. Oh, that is unbelievable. I mean, seriously, that is legitimately one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. It seriously is. I can't it's, believe it's hard to believe it's true. It's hard to believe. Um, so anyway, again, it's SpearKids.com. Again, wow. this is an American family mm -hmm. uh, who's trying to uh, make their way without uh, you know, the, their father. Um, and, you know, you can help out. This is a great cause, and I, I really hope he gets to Can, can we just finish up with something that does make sense here, sure. and that's your one-person, one-bathroom crusade? Well, yes. you know, we can, Pat. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up, because while it's not as, certainly not as crazy as the story you just heard, but why are you going to the bathroom with other people? Have you thought about that lately? <laughs> why is that happening? Actually, I have. You have? I have. Good. Um, I try to make I the case. your effort. And look, this is yet another... Uh, real case you can get behind a cause mm -hmm. that you can you can you know boots on the ground going door to door mm -hmm. getting people excited about this. I think what we're going to do is maybe send some letters to congressmen. That might be our next step to try to get their support on this okay. one. Um, so I'd like you to watch my case for it here and uh, and let me know. Are you in support of this new constitutional amendment? Welcome to the wonderful world of Stu, America, America. God shed His grace on thee, and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. That version is now available on iTunes. We're the land of the free and the home of the brave, and also the land of the free and brave people that kind of spend a lot of time talking about bathrooms. Who can go into the men's room? Who can go into the ladies' room? Should we even have men's and ladies' rooms anymore? Let's all fight about it for a few years while ISIS plots how to run us over at our street festivals. Whether you happen to be a everyone-should-tinkle-where-they-want-to person or a tinkle-in-the-room-most-closely-associated-with-your-genitals person, I'm disappointed in you either way. What has happened to our country? This used to be the nation of big thinkers, problem solvers. Hey, we got some pork. Hey, we got some ham. It's going to go bad. Should we throw it out or feed it to animals? Neither. Mix it up, add some salt, throw it in a can, call it spam. This is America. 
We don't play around with half measures. That's why this bathroom debate is so crazy. We can all find our cozy little spaces on each side of the partisan divide, or we can aim higher. We can solve this problem for every side of the debate. We're America. We can do this together. We spent so much time trying to figure out who should be in the bathroom when you're tinkling, we've forgotten the real question. Why are there people in the bathroom when you're tinkling? What year is this? Relieving ourselves is not a community event. You know what? I don't want a transgender person peeing next to me. I don't. You know what else I don't want? A dude peeing next to me. I don't want Alexis Wren peeing next to me. I don't want anyone peeing next to me ever. You know why? Because pee-pee time is private time. Are we human beings or are we animals? Every few years there's a controversy in the world of sports when a female reporter gets booted out of a locker room because the players are getting dressed. That's sexism, they say. Why should female reporters not be allowed in the locker rooms when male reporters are? Well, why should anyone be allowed in the locker room when players are getting dressed? They're human beings. Don't stare at them when their junk is hanging out. I know it's crazy. Get out of the locker room. They'll answer your stupid questions when they're ready and have clothing on. In fact, why do they even have locker rooms at all? These people make $11 million a year. Maybe they should get a door to change behind. Call me crazy. The truth is we're all aiming too low. And if you're a guy and you successfully prohibit a transgendered person from coming into your bathroom, you still have people in your bathroom. Is being in a stall next to Jeffy a win in your book? And if you're transgendered and you get the right to go into the dude's bathroom, I ask again, is being in a stall next to Jeffy a win in your book? If the answer is yes, I want to lose the ability to read. So what I'm asking for, oh, what I am demanding as an upstanding American taxpayer, it's simple. One person, one bathroom. It's like one man, one vote. One person, one bathroom. No more fights about who comes in the bathroom with you. The answer is always the same, no one. So how would this happen? All new bathrooms in America will be created for one person to go in them. You can keep the same amount of toilets, just separate them with walls. And not those divider stalls either. I'm talking about walls that go from the floor to the ceiling. Older bathrooms, you have a grace period. You're gonna have ample time to convert. The toilets already exist. Sheetrock exists and it's cheap. And the market will surely give you an even cheaper way to divide them. Will it add some cost? Initially, sure, but it's a drop in the bucket, which is a gross phrase to use in this particular context. We literally spend millions and billions and trillions of dollars on stuff you will never benefit from. This will result in no one looking at your junk. No more disgusting noises. No revolting odors, except your own. You're welcome. So you might ask, where in the Constitution does the government get the power to implement this brilliant one-person, one-bathroom plan. First of all, it's good to see you. Guy who cares about the Constitution, I thought you were dead. But to answer your question, nowhere. Nowhere in the Constitution at all. It definitely does not give the government the power to do this. That's why we have to amend it. 
I am here to propose, support, and demand the 28th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. One person, one bathroom. I am asking for your support. Join me and we can change the future of this country together to be a part. We can be the spam of this generation. So to review, I'm sick of arguing about who should be in what bathroom. You should be able to go tinkle by yourself. It should be a basic human right. So let's amend the Constitution and get this done. One person, one bathroom, from sea to shining sea. And to encourage your support, here's a little more Alexis Wren. What is this? Je Jeffy just said two things in the break. First of all, there's a new statement out from Mike Pence, which we're going to hear in a second. But secondly, and more importantly, what do you? We don't have more shrimp chips on spoons. I think today, we do. Right? It's like Asian no, Snack no, Week or something. No, no. no. Did, we, did, did we vote week. on that? And I didn't get a vote or something? No, we didn't vote on it. Why, we want American snacks. Why? Why are we doing this? I International don't. stuff. It <laughs> sucks. Don't. No. <laughs> I mean, the banana things That's are That's why we good. live here. Right. We, we, moved, okay. we decided to stay. We, we didn't, we, we're not like the people who were living in Canada right. and moved to Pakistan and living in Osama. Nagaraya Cracker Nuts? Oh what the hell is that? Well, there's the original and hot and spicy. I don't want any of them. I don't either. It, it's uh, Chick-fil-A day. Brother. We want First American food like Taco Bell. It's Chick-fil-A day. What, is, what do you mean Chick-fil-A day? There's I mean, a Chick-fil-A day? If you dress up like a cow, you get free food. Uh, today? When do we? You when was, bastard! You didn't tell us that on purpose. <laughs> you you, you should have been there. You people bastard. have been commenting it on he it all day. It, wow. He knew. We, I didn't I just, see that. I just remembered. You liar. He knew we would send him <laughs> dressed as a cow uh -huh. in his normal clothing right. and see if he could get a free sandwich. I, well, that's already been proven. I could do it. And he, yes, he walked up to the already counter. You could have had a free sandwich, Jeffy. Uh, who says I'm not going after this <laughs> god awful show? <laughs> you just don't want to do it for our pleasure. <laughs> All right, give us the Mike Pence statement. This is uh, this is I don't. It's interesting. It seems like he might be distancing himself. So they, yeah, his office, uh, his spokesperson released this statement. The vice president is working hard every day to advance the president's agenda. He was not aware of the meeting. He is also not focused on stories about the campaign, especially those pertaining to the time before he joined the campaign. <laughs> oh, that last part is a mm -hmm. is a. Uh, I don't know these guys. And I am not Who? part. Of Donald what? That is, uh, I'm not part of that guy who should be impeached, <laughs> and I, I'm, I should be the one who's here after he's impeached, being, you know, the president guy <laughs> now. About 10% of Republicans uh, currently disapprove of Donald Trump's performance. Now, 10% is about average, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. There's always about 10% of, of Republicans. I mean, it's a little higher than the best numbers you could get. Uh, but it's, you know, the worst ever that I could find, at least, was Richard Nixon right before dropping, uh, before uh, resigning, was at 38% disapproval among Republicans. So take so this only line. Only 38% of Republicans, 38 of Republicans disapproved. disapproved of his job performance when okay. he resigned. That's how loyal people are to parties. Wow. So you have a, mar a margin here between 10 and 38%. Okay. 
38% is the guy's actually bailing from office. 10% is basically normal. What percentage does it get to before Mike Pence start think, starts thinking, I think he's I already there. I being president. I think he's already there. And they've, I, they've been talking that, about the fact that he's kind of arranging people behind him, behind the scenes, very quietly garnering support from influential people. Mm. And well, he's not an idiot. So, no, I mean, you, he see, knows you see something. kind of what's the, the groundwork, what this being yeah. laid. Yeah. And let me tell you something. In, in complete transparency, mm-hmm. I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> what? But that would be a, the, the president being impeached. Yes. And that would be a Republican being impeached. Yes. Has your office released a statement on this yet? Or? The, issue, the issue here, I, I think, with that is because I would much look. I mean, it would put the country through the ringer. Put the country sure through would. the ringer. And but also, we'd come it would up be better hard, on the other side. It would be hard for Pence to get anything done. Um, Probably. Yeah. But that being said, he would be a much better president than, than oh Donald gosh. Trump. I don't, I don't have the faith in, in Pence that I used to have because no, of the way either, he's handled yeah. himself through this yeah. campaign and, and since. But he's definitely still the bright spot of the uh, uh, bright spot of that ticket. I'll tell you no that. Question. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> no he's, question. He's the bright spot of that ticket. Uh, so, okay, Pence. Uh, so Pence says what? Oh, we said that we did. You, is that it? Yeah. Or, yeah, we, okay. that's it. And right. also I would remember that he I remember that uh, he had. Uh, one of the people on the feed today, if I could find the actual statement from the uh, from the feed person, uh, talked about that actually happening. Uh, Trump gets removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pence takes over, absolves Trump of all wrongdoing. Pence appoints Trump vice president. Pence resigns. Trump becomes president. Problem solved. <laughs> uh, straight line from here? Is it straight line from here on <laughs> yes. that one? Okay, good. Uh, just like the uh, the Hillary to be president stuff. Um, okay, well, we have uh, spoons coming up in just a minute. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, so we might be having a riot coming out soon So uh, because of, uh, of what's going on. Um, so maybe we should teach people how to be better rioters. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand how to be a good rioter. Uh, and if you know, if maybe you're pissed off at Trump and you want to riot, or you want to defend Trump and you want to riot, um, I guess uh, apparently there's a new um, video out to try to teach you how to be a better rioter. Oh, good. Watch. Hey, comrades. These past few months have been so incredible, working together to fight back against our capitalist overlords. I think we're doing wonderful work, but we could be doing better. Here are six tips that will help you take your anarchy to the next level. Number one, dress to impress. Dress for the riot you want, not the riot you have. That might involve doing a little shoplifting. In your closet, you probably have a hoodie, a bandana, or a balaclava. But are they black? Come on, guys. We're trying to create a black block here. Adding other colors to the uniform just makes it a shade less intimidating. And although you may be covered up and anonymous, trust me, we all see you. Number two, props. Nothing says we mean business more than destroying an actual business. But to do so, you're going to need props. I recommend bringing hammers to the riot. They're super dependable, and they're also one of the tools the workers will have to use to repair the damage you've done. Number three, fighting. If you don't outnumber your innocent opponent by at least 20 to one, then that is not a fight you want. Someone could get hurt. And at no point are you to debate your enemies. They have words. You have mace. Use it. 
<laughs> Pretty funny. That's um, kind of funny. There was a great, there was a great uh, uh, meme going around on uh, tw- making the rounds on Twitter and Instagram this weekend of the uh, protesters in Europe at the G20, and uh, they're all protesting capitalism. But uh, they see a guy with his uh, iPhone snapping the selfie of the of the of the of the riot in the streets. It's just it, agonizing. It's amazing, man. It sure it is. It really is. Uh, that horrible system that provided you these incredible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's watch the uh, rest <laughs> of the tips. Number four, cardio. You're going to be doing a lot of running away, especially with all the sucker punching, pepper spraying, and beatings with sticks you'll be delivering. Come on, you're a hero. So get in there and get out. Heroically. Oh, and make sure to stretch beforehand. Just one pulled hamstring can slow down the revolution. Number five, (laughs) everyone is a fascist. Remember, this is the anti-fa movement. And if you're not anti-fa, then you're fa. And if you're fa, we're going to find you. And we're going to thaw you up, whether you're a Nazi or a Nazi or a Nazi or look, everyone without their face covered is pretty much a Nazi. Got it? Number six, location, location, location. If there's one thing we've learned over the years, it's if you're looking to riot, stick to progressive cities. The harder it is to obtain a gun legally, the less likely some law-abiding fascist is going to shoot you in self-defense. Comrades, I hope these tips help you along on your mission. And I can't wait to see you at the next riot. Until then, keep fighting. And let's hope the fascists don't start fighting back. Uh, I've never seen that uh, of no. the the guy that pulls the gun on the people that are obviously about to attack him. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, seem to stop them in their tracks. Seems to be an bit. effective tool in that yeah, particular yeah. circumstance. Surprised mm-hmm. that uh, the news wasn't showing the person fighting back and winning against the rioters. Mm. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Strange. Another thing that was kind of uh, interesting is um, maybe now that we've learned how to riot, we can riot against Marissa, our producer, for providing us with. Oh, you some... mean the Nazi Marissa? Yeah, yeah, I do. Her? With some uh, cracker nut yeah. thing. Where's my hammer? To, Where's my freaking hammer? We're right. hammers uh, to spoons, which comes up next. <laughs> we could just use spoons. We could attack her with spoons. Uh, that's another route. Mm. Uh, we could just take a spoon to the skull. Yeah, I mean, it's, how big is the spoon? Is it really big? Yeah, it's a big Like a 12-pound spoon? spoon? Yeah, like a, it's really yeah. a ladle, All right. I'll be honest. Oh, yes, you guys have been demanding it, and now we have it. That's oh, right, yeah. Nagaraya Cracker nice. Nuts. Here they How are. How many times have you seen these in the oh store my and gosh, thought, I, wow, I want to good. to try those. Oh, wow, I can't wait to hear what they say about Nagaraya Hot and Spicy, spicy cracker, cracker Nuts. Well, from today's Asia, and because <laughs> we do a lot of shopping in Asia, and I know you've seen these around. So I, I don't know what At these the things Asian are. Asian markets um, and stuff. The more you crunch, the more you love. But who wants to stop? It's fun and filling treat that is perfect for individual snacks or parties. How oh. many times? How many parties you've been to, Pat? And you've been like, oh, where's the Nagaraya oh, brand? I, I left nuts? three parties last week alone because they, they weren't serving. Yeah. Nagaraya cracker nuts. I will actually. I left the freaking party. I will go one step further. I will leave a party um, <laughs> if they don't have both original and hot and spicy <laughs> Nagaraya cracker nuts. I don't and stand then for I will, it I will also burn the house down. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Is that not what you did? No, I haven't. Oh, wow. Uh, no. I that's will. Pretty, that's I mean, pretty extreme. Yeah, well, I you kicked know, down a door once, but I didn't, I didn't burn it. I'll never house. forget the face of that family that was like, we had original, <laughs> and you still burned the house down? It's like, ah, you, didn't have you don't have spot and spicy. <laughs> You don't deserve right. to have a home. <laughs> Let's try the, uh, okay. the regular original first. We're trying the original first. Okay, here we go. Right, there uh, we go. Cracker nuts. I don't know what they are. I mean, they're obviously... They're crackers and they're nuts. They're not bad. Okay. And I really like them. You like them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like them. I will say, I'm gonna, I might burn a house down for these. <laughs> these are really good. So I can see why you did it. Yeah. So it, I would say they are a, a nut wow. surrounded by a crackerish type of material. Uh-huh. Good. I don't know how they did it. It's a miracle. It's like a miracle. It's a it's an Asian thing. <laughs> and I will say that it's not really you know it's almost like a it's an ancient Chinese secret how they did this. It's almost like a um, a it's, mm. it has the texture almost of like a candy coating. That's um, really good. They're pretty good though. I will I say like I, I can definitely go through a bag of these things. Oh yes, oh, in a heartbeat. Yes. Mm, I like those a lot. I'm gonna do a 16. I think on these. These are delicious. Wow, it's pretty good. Um, I, could, I could sit there. At a game, I could easily pop. Yeah, BYU's yeah. on the TV. Mm-hmm. Eat like eight they, of these packs. Heard they fill their basketball scholarship. Is that true? <laughs> it is true. Yeah, yeah you heard that? <laughs> people that hung around well, the whole show are really well. getting a payoff now. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeffy, your rating on those? I'll give it no, a thirteen. These are probably about a twelve. You're both. Wait a minute. Terrible. He, he gave, actually he, said a he number. Gave a number. Wow. Probably about a twelve or a thirteen. Oh, He's back to doing that. Okay. Okay. Somewhere there, it's between somewhere between eight and eighteen. <laughs> with milk. All right, here's Nagaraya hot and spicy cracker nuts, right. which I'm, I'm now pretty hopeful for. Mm-hmm. Right, the, kick? the heat hasn't kicked in yet. They're a little kick on the bite. Okay, it's starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. It's an early. There's an early kick. The crackers, the cracker nuts have soaked up the hot and spicy a little bit. Wait till. Wait till that cracker wears off. I could. It's um, not a big kick, I will say. Uh-uh. It's got a little spice to it. It's. it's I can stand them nope. being a lot hotter. I get a little late kick, but you're mm-hmm. right. It's. It's not super hot, um, but mm. it's. A, oh, it, it's got a little spice. To it. These are really good. <laughs> these are great. Yeah. I mean, both of these. You put these in the bowl together, so you have it mixed up. A little hot and spicy, and the cracker and nuts mixed. I mean, as we've been saying, when the hell are we going to try these Nagaraya cracker nuts? <laughs> this is ridiculous. How long are they to keep them away from us? Right. I'm not sure if I <clears throat> like the addition of the hot and spicy to, to rate it higher than the uh, average. Mm. I think I'd go, I'll go 14 for the original, 13 for the hot and spicy. Okay. What I'm about gonna, you for the hot and spicy? <clears throat> I'm going to do 16 on both. Okay. And by the way, scale of 1 to 18, as you probably know, if you watch Spoons. Jeffy, your rating. I'm going to go 12 on the hot and spicy and 13 on the cracker. <laughs> it's a miracle. Wait a minute. He's like a miracle day. This is the first time in the history of Spoons he's ever actually given a number. Mm-hmm. You don't want to amend that at all. Good job. No, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident in 12 right. on the hot and spicy and 13 on the cracker. <laughs> Wait, did like That's it? the opposite of what you just said. Did you? Oh. Wait, so wait, are you... What's I'm your pretty final? confident. So, oh, God. confidently, it's he's, what? He's ruining it. You keep asking me. Yes, we do, because we're trying to get... All right. <laughs> before we leave, I want to give you two things. Because we have another segment coming up here in just a minute, but I want to give you these two before this one's over. Venezuela, they don't have any Nagaraya cracker nuts there. They're, they have nuts in the entire country. Now, if you mix the ones between this hot and spicy and the regular, I know mm-hmm. you get a mild. That is good. 
Well, the hot and spicy is not very hot. No. I will say this, however. How many times have we demanded these things, and we finally get them? Both times. Marissa five finally times. shows up with them. You finally. know why? Because we threatened to riot. Mm -hmm. Right. It worked. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. so bad in Venezuela now, they're raising the... Um, the national rate for, to 250,000 bolivars worth of cash as a minimum wage, which sounds great, until you know it's only $33 per month, which is, wow. is really bad. Um, Colombia is $250 a month minimum wage, and Haiti is 135. So they're at one quarter Haiti. That's how bad this is there wow. now. 700% annual inflation, and uh, they, are now they are now rationing toothpaste. Uh, it is so bad in Venezuela. I mean, this is a terrible story, and it, it is it's the really result of, of, remember, it's easy now to think, oh, well, it's, it's freaking Venezuela. Remember that people like Sean Penn were telling you it was the greatest place on earth. Yep. Remember that Michael Moore was telling you there was a lot of really good things going on there. They were mourning Hugo Chavez's death when he died. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you think Venezuela is bad, I want you to look at this. This is a picture of the now liberated Mosul. What is it like today? This is incredible. Well, look at this picture. I mean, devastating. About, um, about. It's, that's, that's it right there. Look at that. Look at this place. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, the, it's liberated, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, at least you're not being wow. killed. But, I mean, the entire city is completely destroyed. I mean, they're going to have to knock down that whole city. Wow. There, there's nothing you can do with it. We didn't spend enough time on this. I want to give you one more time. Look at, look at this. This is Mosul today. And uh, supposedly, I mean, it's liberated. Thank God that you know ISIS isn't there. But look what they did to this place. I mean, this is wow. insanity. Uh, Glenn was talking about uh, what's going on in the Middle East and what the repercussions are going forward uh, last night. Check it out. All right. We have our uh, good news on health care coming up in a second. First, I want to tell you what happened with ISIS this weekend. Jason, you want to take that? Iraq's Prime Minister Abadi uh, strolled into Mosul, what's left of Mosul. It looks like Stalingrad. I'm seeing some pictures. I have buddies that are there right now, journalists that are there, and they're sending me back videos and pictures. It is a horrorscape. It looks horrible. And they, they blew up the mosque. Blew up the, the famous Al-Nuri Mosque. It's the one that's on their money. And it, yeah, and it's got like the Leaning Tower, um, that's kind of like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I mean, it's, it's famous. Um, but yeah, ISIS blew that up. But anyway, so Abadi walks in and declares um, peace in the Middle East. They have taken out ISIS, and they are now victorious. Um, my contacts on the ground say it, fighting is still going on. Airstrikes are still hitting the city. ISIS is still controlling uh, a significant portion of the city, and they're still fighting to the death. Um, so the conflict is not over. The problem is it won't be fought for, till the death. It will, it will fight until they disperse, and then they will go back into the cities, and they will regroup. Uh, and they're also all around the world now, but they will regroup until they're strong again. Hopefully we don't deem them somehow or another an ally of some other bigger foe and arm them like we did I, last time with John McCain and, and Benghazi. I feel like, though, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think they, they will regroup eventually. They always do. They always yeah. come back, as a, but they're going to come back as a different name, I feel like, this time. As it stands right now, Raqqa is surrounded by coalition forces, and they are making inroads in there. I'm getting reports and writing articles, in fact, about uh, regular citizens who are attacking ISIS members when they have, mis you know, have the misfortune of wandering into their neighborhood. You know, um, I think more or less ISIS is on its way out. I don't think that the idea is done. Well, let me... I would say, can I just make a point off that real yeah. quick? I, I would say that would be a mistake if they rebranded, because really? everything that's happening now in Islamic prophecy is going exactly to the book. 
Really? Exactly. So they were going to declare a caliphate. Then the entire world was going to come down on them. That's happening. They're going to get beat back. They're going to have to retreat off. And then they're going to find the Mahdi who's going to lead them on. And then they're going to take Jerusalem. Everything is happening to plan <laughs> for them. Wow. And this is really scary because that's end times. Yes. Uh, uh, legend. Let me, um, uh, let me take you through this question. Because I can't find a happy place here. And I'm trying to find, find your happy place, find your happy place. Um, we have <laughs> fighting in this. We have Turkey, Russia, Syria. Uh, we had the U.S. Then we started to arm the Syrian Kurds, the, the uh, Leninist Marxists. Uh, we were all supposedly fighting ISIS. And we wanted Syria to fall. But we also did... We also didn't, we didn't want to take it over for ISIS. So we're trying to collapse Syria uh, while we kill ISIS. Now we take ISIS and we bring them back home. Uh, and we just let them hide out, okay? These guys we haven't really helped at all. We haven't helped the good Muslims. We haven't helped the Christians. We haven't helped the Kurds. All in Iraq. What we have helped are the really bad Syrians who are now going up against Turkey. So let's just work this out in our head. Do we stop fighting because Iran, the Shia militias, have now engaged all across Iraq and into Syria? So now, on the southeastern border of Syria, you have the Iranian Shia, and they are marching in all across to get the Sunni Muslims, the Christians, the Kurds, and slaughter them. That's why they blew up the mosques. They don't want any Sunnis going into those mosques. So now, who are we fighting over there? Are, are we fighting these guys? Because if we're fighting these guys, now that's an entirely new war, and we're actually fighting, maybe you could argue, by proxy Iran, but I don't think so. This means we're in Iran, a war with Iran. These guys, now that they don't have ISIS to fight, these guys want to fight Turkey. Are we still going to be backing them against our ally? What the hell are we doing here? Well, you hit on a very important point, and it's that we don't know what's going on. We don't know who we're fighting. And as Brandon said, you know, we're trying to kill this idea that's not going to die. So we kind of keep morphing who the enemy is based on who we think well, ISIS is I, aligned with. Can I give you an example of this? So let's say Iran is driven out by Turkey, Russia, and Syria. But they're only driven back to uh, Iraq. And so they're in Iraq. And they're slaughtering the good Muslims, not ISIS, but the, the Sunni Muslims that were okay, just, I'm either gonna just turn my face, but I'm not gonna join them, but I just, I, I just stay out of their way. Those people are now gonna come under attack by the Iranian um, Shias. So you have Shias now going to behead these guys. When that starts to happen, and the Shias start saying, no, it's a Shia mosque, Guess who's going to be able to come to the rescue and say, I'm going to fight these guys. And guess who's going to say, 
these guys are better than these guys. And if we're fighting these guys, do we then go and arm them to be able to help them? Seriously, this is how crazy this war is. Can we go back to just talking about how bad North Korea is? <laughs> That's easier than this. That's less complicated. I, I know. That Kim Jong-un. Also, if you're, if you're fighting the Shias, it's a proxy to Iran, but it's also a proxy to Russia at that point. Yes. Yes. So we're fighting Russia and Iran. Yes. And all of their proxies. Yes. You're exactly right on everything that you just put up there, and it's made me question, what the heck is their plan? So really, ISIS... You remember the article I sent to you? Whose plan? Our plan? Our plan. Yeah. Remember the article I sent to you about four weeks ago that said there doesn't seem to be an endgame plan? Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it at the time. We're now seeing there is no plan. There is no plan. I what? What's the time frame on something like this, though? Like, for all of this to go down, how long do you think it would take? Oh, this could happen in days or months. Okay, so here's what worries me, and, and not to just jump to the North Korea thing. With North Korea, I, think, I feel like in North Korea we have... We're, we're going to war regardless of anything that happens right now, unless an act I of God not. comes in. I, I've been keeping up with it. It's scary. Um, if that and that happen at the same time, we're looking at World War III. Uh, yeah. Because guess who's on both fronts? Russia. Well, and we could yes. see a good number of, of those all in the right circumstance join forces. Oh, yeah. In one way or another, oh, there yeah. are many ways to dice it up. Russia, Russia and Turkey that would will be align, easy. along with Syria, and I believe Iran as well. Does Assad have to go in Syria, though, to get that done? Does Assad have to go completely? To, to align? Yeah. No. You can get that. Okay. I don't think so. Well, okay. Because you give Iran, you keep us busy in Iraq. The rest of them could. Yeah. Wow, that's. But these guys, and because we, because we have been supplying stuff, these guys, if they're attacking Turkey, that makes us a part of a revolution against our ally. Ooh. I don't, and I don't see how the Syrian Kurds even. I, I, I see us completely abandoning them. Abandoning them. I don't see that we continue to support them as this goes forward. We can't. Turkey is going to play this smart. This is what, if I'm Erdogan, and I don't care, and I don't want to see a... I wait. <laughs> if I don't want to see a Kurdish state, exactly, I wait. Wait, I wait. for them to finish uh, uh, rock the ISIS fight, mm -hmm. let them get diminished numbers, then you invade. Yep. Going back to something um, Aubrey was saying, we're trying to fight an idea. So no matter what happens with all of that, ideologically, things aren't going to change until... I think people on the ground in the Middle East try and reform. change, yeah, reform, reform that. Uh, yeah. that. So don't, don't, isn't the argument we get out and just? Maybe, but. We, we are on a collision course for a full-on war with Iran mm -hmm. on this. We are. How do you get out? You get out, that means you abandon these three people. These three groups of people, we've already we've screwed these people over 800 times. Mm -hmm. We won't even admit that these people exist. And we think these guys can easily be confused with these guys. So, I mean, we are, we're going to abandon these people. But you can't. Iran will take over Iraq, and then it will be a war 
over here with Iran, with Turkey, and all that. We've got to be involved in that. Yeah, but the good no. news is... Why, though? If war is going to happen either way, let them fight it out. Why do we have to well, get in the middle of it? I feel like I no matter how that happens, we get attacked. They don't like us because of their ideology. Here's, what, here's also what will, why we will stay there. Israel. If they sweep, or Turkey sweeps, Israel is in trouble. The good news is we shut down the Iran nuclear plant, so... <laughs> <laughs>